There we go. Turn in your Bibles tonight to John chapter 1, John chapter 1. And actually, the two songs that were chosen uh, for our song service tonight goes right along with the lesson we're going to be looking at tonight. So just as a recap, we've been going through this book, Drawing Men to Christ, um, literally going through some stick drawings that um, just display some biblical truth. Last week we looked at Romans 6.23 and we saw that the wages of sin is death. But the contrast was the gift of God, uh, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we ended it there with that point of, okay, we have this contrast, we have, for us sinning, we have death. But God offers this free gift through Jesus, and then like, okay, who's Jesus? What is this gift? So tonight we're going to actually look at one verse that is talking about Jesus, and of course the song Jesus Loves Me we just sang, and then uh, Nothing But the Blood, we're actually going to talk a little bit about blood and how that is significant in the Bible. But uh, tonight we're going to look at John one twenty nine, John 129, which says, The next day John, this is John the Baptist, who is prophesied in the Bible. And again, for us, we have more Bible knowledge, and we, we know who John is, we know who he's talking about. But some people you're doing, you could be doing this diagram with, they don't really understand, okay, who is John, who is Jesus? Well, tonight we're going to look at who Jesus is. But, of course, we know John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus, and he was prophesied in the Old Testament. But John says, the next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So, let's pretend that this is John. John the Baptist. Face. Not John the Baptizer, as some versions call it. It's John the Baptist, and that's where we get our name Baptist. He is speaking to the Jews, um, people there, obviously, in Israel, and he's preaching to them as the forerunner of Christ. And one day, Jesus comes by, and John says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Well, of course, with these Jews, with their background, they would know exactly what John is saying. But to us in our culture or someone who doesn't understand Old Testament pictures and what the Jews have gone, uh, what, what God has shown them throughout their history, like why would John be calling Jesus a lamb? I mean, why would, it's like some random guy talking to a group of people and be like, oh, by the way, there's a lamb right there and it's a guy. It's like, it doesn't make sense. And it might not, people might not understand, okay, what, what is the Bible talking about when it comes to Jesus being a lamb? And we're going to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis, uh, 
and I don't actually have a reference for this, but it's talking about Abraham. Um, we know that God, Abraham is the, well, it's actually interesting. We went over this in Bible study with the Close to Home guys a couple weeks ago. We were looking at the earth of Chaldees, um, where Abraham came from. And I made this point to them, like, you know, three of the biggest world religions all trace back to Abraham. Christianity, Islam, and Judaism. Uh, Abraham is the focal point. He's like the father of those, what eventually became those three religions. But Abraham was a man that God chose, called him out of Ur the Chaldees, and promised him a child when he was 75 years old. And, okay, let me see if we can do the math. His wife was 65 at that point. Can you imagine still having kids at 65? <laughs> that would, yeah, not be fun. Uh, and, of course, we know um, Sarah had, had Isaac at, um, at uh, 90, and uh, Abraham was 100. Uh, when that happened, and uh, 25 years went from when the point God promised a child to Abraham and to Sarah, and then finally Isaac came. Well, then roughly, people estimate about 30 years later when Isaac was a full-grown man, like, okay, I'm 32, so it'd be like me going with my dad up to a, uh, a mountain, and God, God told Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac, on an altar. And like, for us today, it'd be like, wow, that's kind of like a bloody religion. But honestly, Christianity is a bloody religion, but for a good reason. But... We're going back to, okay, why was John saying, behold the Lamb of God? Well, it started, it pointed back here. Uh, actually, we could even go further back, go back to Adam and Eve. Um, but the Bible explicitly says here that when Abraham was about to sacrifice his son Isaac on the altar, God sent a ram or a sheep. Let's see if I can draw this. I'm not good at drawing things on the fly. I'm going to put a little, little sad face on the ram. But God sent a ram or a lamb to be the substitute for Isaac. Isaac had a death sentence placed on him. But right before I, uh, Abraham was going to kill him, God sent a ram to be the substitute. So there was a lamb provided. There was a death sentence, just like all of us, when we, because of our wages of sin, we have a death sentence. But in this case, God provided a ram, a lamb, to be the sacrifice. For Isaac. And that's not the only example in the scriptures. Jump forward ooh, a couple hundred years when Israel now, well, Abraham's son Isaac 
had two sons, Jacob and Esau, and then Jacob had 12 sons, and then eventually they made their way down into Egypt, and 400 years later, uh, there was about 2 million people, now all descendants of Abraham, there in Egypt, and God wanted the Israelites to be taken out to leave Egypt, but the Pharaoh there, the king, would not want them to go, would not let them go. So because of that, God sent 10 plagues to the Egyptians there. And the ultimate one, number 10, was God was going to send a death angel throughout Egypt and every firstborn male was going to die as a result of Pharaoh's hard heart. Everyone in the land of Egypt was going to be judged this way. But God made a way for those who would obey as a substitute. He told them to take a perfect lamb, kill it, and put its blood on the side posts and the top of the door. That when the death angel came, if he saw the blood, there's that song, I will pass over you. And that's exactly what happened there in Egypt. Those who obeyed what God said killed a lamb, sacrificed a perfect lamb. It specifically talks about uh, a lamb having no blemish, no spot. The lamb, the, the sheep, was a substitute for the firstborn son. And if you read through uh, Exodus, um, even Pharaoh's firstborn son died because they didn't put the blood on the door. But the Israelites, actually, I believe anyone, even the Egyptians, if they would have done what God said, it would have spared the firstborn son. But the Bible talks about just how so many people died because of that. And then eventually, um, Pharaoh lets the Israelites go. But these are two examples that Jewish people would know, like, oh, okay, John the Baptist is saying this man Jesus is the Lamb of God. And they have these two examples, and then there's other examples in the law about sacrifices uh, for sin and how you're supposed to bring a lamb, a perfect lamb. Of course, they celebrate this instance. They still celebrate this even today, Passover, when the death angel passed over their houses if they had the blood. But this is a picture. Abraham, <laughs> Isaac, and the sheep, and the ram, the death angel, the killing of a lamb, there was a death sentence. There was a death sentence on Isaac. There was a death sentence on the firstborn. But there was a lamb provided here 
for Isaac. There was a lamb provided here, and their blood was put on the door. The death angel passed over it. There was a substitute for these two instances. And, of course, you can look through the law how the Bible talks about how there need be a sacrifice of an animal, of a lamb, to be a substitute for man's sin, to take, to be a picture. And this is all pointing to this point here. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Jesus is the substitute that God has provided. He is the Lamb, the perfect, sinless Son of God. He is the Lamb of God. That's who Jesus is. He is our substitute. He is our lamb to take our death sentence for us.